Hey, everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Numbers 13, verses 17 through 20. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Neve and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, or whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time of the season of the first ripe grapes. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I'm Dot's daughter. And every week we sit down together and we talk through truth and scripture. And before I get into this episode, I wanted to mention something that my mom references in this episode, which is the Breathe Retreat. It is a retreat in every sense of the word. It is something that Cup of Joy Ministries puts on, which is the ministry that my mom founded and who I also work for. And we go to Asheville, North Carolina. And if you would like some more information on it, we will have some info in the description of this episode. But it is in January. And I just wanted to touch on that because she does reference it in this episode. And we are continuing to talk about faith in this episode. We are looking at Moses, which you know, I love Moses. And we're looking at how to walk by faith and not by sight and how Moses kind of tested the Lord a little bit in this story that we talk about today. So we are diving more into faith and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, mom. Here we are. Faith. Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Here we are for the love. Um, We probably lost some (laughs) listeners and some people in our conversation. Or maybe they have a personality and they like my singing. Well, if they like your singing, they may have a personality, but they're right. tone deaf. Right, cool, because uh, yeah, that's what I meant by you have a personality, because it's like, oh, it's yeah. funny, not because it sounds good. Amen. So anyway, so <laughs> what I want to talk to you today is because we talked about faith, and we're going to talk about it, you know, just two more times. and Two more times? This time and another time? Yeah, at the end of the oh, month. Oh, wow. Okay, great. I don't know how much more I have to talk about faith, but I'm here for it. Okay, well, you got to have a lot of faith. You need Apparently. faith. But it's not just faith, as we talked about. It's not faith in faith. It's who we have our faith in. And uh, today, you know, the reading, you're asking me right before we started to record, what are we reading today? And as we've said so often, this conversation is really genuine in the fact so many times, most of the time, you don't even know what we're going to talk about. So it's like, very off the sleeve, off the cuff, whatever it's called. And we began to have these conversations and about things that are in Scripture. And we've been talking about faith and talking about a lot about faith and what faith is and how important it is. And, you know, we get, we're saved by faith, we walk by faith, and we live by faith, we pray by faith. Faith is very, very uh, important. And so if you just join in on our conversation, really and truly you need to go back and listen to the other ones that we've talked about, because today is just a little bit different. Now, it is about faith, but the other ones, you know, you know, our conversations have been about what faith is and how important it is. And today, I just want to talk about your man, Moses. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you love him. I like and, 
You do. And he, he I'm sure he's a great guy. Let my people go. Yep. Yes. Isn't that what he said? He did. Okay, yeah. To, um, <laughs> you, yeah. You keep making these faces at me, and I, I don't know well, how I'm to I'm like, re- yeah, I, yes, he said, let my people go. Always have to I just, anyway. I'm in a good mood today, Mom. I, I got, know. I love I that about you. A little personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you're smiling all over yourself, which is nice. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, but what I want to talk about, I think that most people— when they read these verses, would say, now what does that have to do with faith? Because the verses that we're reading are about Moses. I know what it does. What is it? What do you think it is? I think we are going to talk about how when the spies went to scope out Canaan, Mm -hmm. there were 12 of them, Mm -hmm. I believe. And 10 of them thought... That they, there's like, there's, they're too big. We can't take this land. And there's only two people, Joshua and Caleb, who had faith and thought like, yes, they Mm -hmm. are big people. They are, we would look like grasshoppers compared to these people. But Mm -hmm. our God, like God said that this is our land and I'm going to have faith that we can go in and conquer it. Is that what? Am and I right? you think that's what we're going to talk about? Yeah. You're absolutely right in the fact oh, of yeah. that story. But oh. yeah, but that's not what we're going to talk about. So, Ironically, as you know, we're having Breathe Retreat uh, in January, and I've been talking and reading and studying and meditating and praying and researching and doing a lot of um, study on Joshua. And we know that, as you just said, it was Joshua and Caleb who had— Which is why, yeah, well, and that was another reason why I thought maybe you're going to bring in some Joshua— yeah, and we and we are. I mean, they did. Okay. You, you, yeah, because that's the story, story you read, right? Oh, okay, good, yeah. good, good. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I do get nervous that I, want, I, I say you, the wrong thing. I know. But. <laughs> I know. But if you do, I always say, nope, that's not right. But okay. that was right, and it is right. And and they did. They came back and had a good report. They were the only two out of the ten. And it did not go well because the other ten that, you know, they were— really uh, saying we can't go in, and it brought a lot of depression and a lot of uh, heaviness in the camp, and it caused a lot of conflict. And those people actually did not go into the promise. That's what I was going to say, yeah, like that generation, because of that, because of the lack of faith from the other 10 spies who said, we can't, like, they're too big, like, we might as well go back to Egypt, basically. God was like, okay, well, then this generation is not going to be able to enter. Because they did not believe. Because they did not faith. Because they didn't believe what God said. Yeah. That's right. Well, ironically, in, in doing all of my study and researching and stuff for Breathe, I you started thinking about Moses telling the spies to go in. And I know that if you read Numbers 13, 1, it was God who told, said to Moses, send men to spy out the land. And so Moses is obeying God, and he's trusting God, and he sends out these spies. But what I read hit me, because if you look at Kara, verses 13, Moses sends out the spies, so he's obedient to God. He does what God tells him to do. But his instructions, he says, go and see if the land is strong, see if it's weak, see if it's good, or see if it's bad. Now, what did God tell Moses and the Israelites about the land? That it was filled with milk and honey? And it was good. And it was good. So, so here the, is Moses. Here, you want to know the point? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I believe, and I don't want to read into scriptures, not there. I'm just going with what the scripture says. And I haven't talked to Moses about this. So just think about this for a little bit. Okay. God did not tell Moses to take the spies in to see what the land, if the land was good. He said, send them in. Moses instructs them. So hold on. To see the land. Hold on. Okay. Let's stop there. So God... Why did God instruct Moses to tell the people or tell the spies to go in? What was God's purpose? Well, they do not tell us. Oh, okay. Okay. It doesn't, it just says, God says, says, go in and spy out the land. I don't know okay. if that was opportunity for them to see the land and... Just to get like a game plan the, uh, strategy. Yeah, a game plan and stuff like that. Okay. And okay. so, I mean, that's a good leader. But right, Moses, right. yeah. So, but then Moses tells the spies... This is what I want you to look for. And what I want to say is, and how this works out with faith, is that God said the land is good. So why do they need spies to go look to see if the land was good? God said that I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you the fruit of the land. I'm going to give you all the blessings that I promise you that I'm going to do. So I am looking at your little man, Moses, and I see a little bit of a weakness. He had a breach of faith. He did, because it's like, if you want to go and spy out the land and just see the land, you don't have to go and examine it, because God's already told you. Now, you can set up a battle plan, don't get me wrong. And God did say, go you know, take the spies and, and go spy out the land. But he didn't say, go and look and see and check and get a sign. And make it's sure it's good. I've told yeah. you. It is right. And I think we, as I started thinking about this, so often, and I'm including myself, so often we want a sign. We're like, well, God, we, you've said that you love us, but do you really love us? God, you say that you do not withhold what is best for me, but let me see. Is this really best? Or, or when things go wrong, are you punishing me, God, when God says there's no condemnation to those who Christ Jesus? And I began to think that there was a little bit of the pressure among the people with Moses to say, go over there and look and see if it's good. And he uses the word if. He didn't say, go over there and see that the land is good. He didn't say, go over there and yeah. see how what all God's given us, because you're going to be so excited when you see all that God's got for you. He said, go and check it out. And and I don't think that we're supposed to test God. It says, you know, you, you're not supposed to test God. Mm-hmm. I think there's times in our faith, and I've done this a thousand times, like, God, it's not that I don't trust you, but I don't know that I trust me. And yes. so I think this Preaching is what to you're the choir saying. on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is what you're saying. So if this is what you're saying, then let me be very clear. Yes. Well, I think you can like, yeah, like you can discern the spirits, test the spirits to make sure that you are, yeah, because being obedient. Oh, right, right. But not testing God, like putting God to the test to prove Himself. That's yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. But but the the point of what I'm trying to say is when we get into God's Word. And we start seeing that God says, you know, I love you. Uh, God sent his son to die for you. You are forgiven. Mm -hmm. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. He's your reward. He's your inheritance. You will have peace. You will have joy. There is, you know, grace and mercy and all these things. 
that God has given us. But when life gets hard and things starts to kind of not look as if what God has said is true is true, like when our circumstances and and the people right. around us, and and I, and I think you know it's one of the things I want to talk about, like how important it is who we surround we, ourselves with. You know, we do know that, as you said so elegantly, by the way how there were two out of the 12 that came back was Joshua, which ended up the consequences of Joshua's faith and saying, God said, we can take these people. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I'm going to trust God. He ends up being the one that will lead them into the the next generation, into the land. But I do believe that people, circumstances, situations, past failures has a huge impact on our ability to trust God. And that's what I kind of want to talk about. Yes. So I think it's a really interesting, because I've never thought of that before with what Moses tells the spies to go do. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives me a little bit of grace toward the 10 spies who come back and are like, oh my gosh, we can't do this. Because in all reality, like Moses kind of set them up in a way. Because Moses is like, hey, go see if these people are strong or if this is, you know, go check out the situation. Like, basically, he's telling them, and probably not meaning to, sometimes I don't think we know the full ramifications of what we do. Um, So I I think he was telling them, like, hey, instead of looking at God, go look at the land. Go look at your circumstances, basically, and come back and tell us the situation. And. I, I'm not blaming Moses. I mean, I, no, I, I know I, you love Moses. I, I like the man. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, but I do think he's more saying this: go see if what God's saying is true. Mm. And there is no reason in the life of Moses that there would be any reason for Moses ever to doubt what God has said is to be true. And he's not doubting that God is giving them the land. Yeah. They went out to spy it. They were going yeah. to go and take it over. But is what God really said, is it really that good? Is it as God has said it to be? And and I don't think that we should look at the 10 spies and applaud their behavior because they weren't trusting God either. Right, but you're right. right. You can give them a little grace because basically they say, Moses said, I want you to go and look at the people. Like you said, I want you to go look at the circumstances. I want you to go and look at the land, and I want you to look at the people. And God says, uh, I want you to go and spy and look at the land. He did not say, go and look and see if what I'm saying is true. Because all I just started thinking about this. I thought, why would Moses want to even encourage the spies to look to see if the land is good, because he knew that God clearly said on numerous times, What's the promised I'm land? sending you yeah. to the promised land, and it, it is good, and it's going to have fruit. It's got milk and honey, and it's this great land. And he wasn't taking them out of Egypt to go into another Egypt. It was obviously taking them to a place that God had promised them. And mm-hmm. I, I just started just kind of putting myself in situations in the last week or two, as of yesterday, just different circumstances in my life and how often one little thing happened. And then all of a sudden, it's like, is God really good? 
Mm-hmm. Is he really faithful? And I think, I think this, I was having breakfast with a sweet cup of joy lady, Danielle um, Simpson. Daniela. Today we have breakfast. Yeah. And we were having breakfast. And I was just going to tell her, I said, you know, today I'm going to talk about the situation with Moses. I said, you know, this morning as I was praying and stuff and reading and stuff, I'd never seen that before. And I thought, God didn't ask Moses to send the spies to question if what God said was true, but he sent the spies to show them that what God said was mm-hmm. true. And like you said, potentially to get a strategy to go into right? it. Because yeah. I'm sure that they, they had to have come up with, you know, come up with like, okay, how are we gonna how are we going to go into this land? What's this gonna look like? But yeah, and they didn't, and they didn't come up with a strategy because they said it's too hard. It's too many yeah, we can't do this. Too big. Yeah. We can't do this. So their strategy, you know, and I think sometimes when we look at our situation and it seems so overwhelming, that plays a huge impact in our life. That's what we talked about with Abraham. He looked at Sarah. He's like, well, you're not getting any younger. And he looked at his own body, and he's like, well, this is not going to work. Right. And and so his faith was really tested, you know, when and he tried to take and fulfill God's Right, uh, which we promise. talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, on his own, because he looked at the circumstance. It looked impossible. And that was the whole situation, too. But if you're going to have to have faith, and, and you're not trusting in your own ability. You're going to have to have faith in God. And, and we said, uh, you know, as we've been talking about faith, that our faith is as good as the object. So if the object of our faith is in a powerful God, it doesn't matter what the land looks like. Yeah. If our faith is in a good God, it doesn't matter if we're seeing grapes and milk and honey. If, if God says it's good, it's good. Because if God cannot yeah. lie and if God is holy— and our object of our faith is in a holy God, and He does what He says He's going to do. Yeah, which yeah, it's like interesting because why, why, why? Because like Moses doesn't. It doesn't seem like Moses is ever questioning that they can go take it out. It's like you said, he. It's more so of like, hey, is this actually good? Because is this what God said it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he was like, we're going to take it regardless. You know, he wasn't like mm-hmm. his breach of faith wasn't in that necessarily, which is where the spies came back and they were like, oh, we can't do this. But he just thought, let's just go see if this is good versus he Mm -hmm. always knew that they could overtake it. He always knew that they could take it because God said they would. And that's where, you know, the spies really came back in a, you know, because they were like, well, it's good, but, you know, we can't take it. So it's kind of like, I guess the opposite in a way. But I do, I was like thinking, Two is like sometimes things in our life, and this is where it gets so hard. And I could probably hear some of the listeners saying, like, well, how do we know if it is from God if you know we can't, you know, trust what we're seeing? Because sometimes we see something and it seems good, but Mm -hmm. it's not. You know, like it could be our downfall. It could be something that the enemy is gonna use to try, you know, like we can seem like, oh, this is this seems good. But mm-hmm. it's really not, and vice versa. Like something may seem like, like you said, like, oh, this is really difficult. This is hard. This is really painful. Like God must not be in it. But it's like, no, that's not necessarily true. And so I do think that poses a little bit of a, it's, I, and again, I feel like I can hear someone 
like saying like, well, then how do we know? You know, like if it sometimes if it seems good, but it's not or if it seems bad and it is like, how do we how do we know which lands are ours to go into? And I just say I say lands in terms of like, how do we know if God's in it? How do we know if God how do we know how to have faith in a situation when we can't trust what we see? Because we can't. I mean, things are not it says in Corinthians, you know, our faith is not it's not it's in the unseen, you know. Or I don't know. I totally misquoted that, but <laughs> I think it's first first Corinthians four seventeen. Yeah, I will say that faith does open our eyes to some things that we would not have seen before. I think faith can be a way of you know we're trusting God and God opens our eyes to see things that we wouldn't see. I think we as believers and and this. So Karen, I'm about to say something very very important. Should I write this, this down? Is a, yeah, write that down. Write this down. If we have given our lives to Christ, if we have said, God, you have our life, you have everything, we are total surrender to you. I've given you all of my life. And as much as we know that that we are totally surrendered to the will of God, we have given uh, our lives, our entire lives, our wills, our dreams, our hopes. If we know that we have given our lives to Christ, then whatever comes into our lives we can assume that it was from God, no matter what it looks like. And I get that from Paul talking. Paul was in prison, Second Timothy, and he said, don't be upset that I'm in prison because this is from God. Because if I wasn't in prison, I would not be able to get the message out. I would. It, this imprisonment has helped my uh, ministry being able to teach the Gentiles, I am in Rome. I am in the middle of Rome. I am in prison. And he says, this imprisonment has feathered the cause of God's call in our life. So Paul looked, which, by the way, he doesn't get out of prison without, he dies. This is his last uh, time in the Roman prison. But he looked at his imprisonment that we and you and most of us would look at and think, that was not of God. That's evil. It could have been evil. It probably it was evil. But Paul looked and said, far above this, that I've given my life to the call of Christ. I have surrendered to the ministry to proclaim the truth to the Gentiles. So because that I have surrendered 100%, and that's the problem with us. We don't surrender 100%. And there's this fine line of people saying, well, I just know all things work together for good. They do. Mm-hmm. But to have that assurance that you're saying, I'm looking around in my life and like, God, I want to have faith that where I am right now is where you want me to be. The only way that I know, and you don't have to be perfect, I think that you have to be as surrendered as you know how to be surrendered. We mm-hmm. And I think that that's a growth thing, too, as we've seen that with Abraham, that Abraham first left his home, but then he, you know, God strengthened his faith to the point he gave up and put, you know, Isaac on the on the altar. He would right. have done that at the very beginning. So his faith grew. Our faith grows. And I think that what God wanted for the spies was for them to go over and see that land and see that God was faithful to his word. Mm-hmm. And come back and say, "Hey, God is, yeah. you know." And Moses was like, 
testing God. Like, go go and see if what God said is true. So they are coming back and going, well, the land is good. And they even bring up back grapes that two men mm-hmm. had to carry them. So, yeah, I see the fruit. I see what God's saying. It, it is what he's saying it is. But we can't take it over. When God said, clearly, I'm giving you that land. So it wasn't about them taking it over in the first place. It was about God giving that to them. And we'll mm-hmm. see that, you know, in Joshua when we, they end up going to Jericho. But I, I just think that for us and going back to that, how can we know that what we're doing? Or how can we know that this is from God? The only way that I know is to say, God, I want what you want. And if this is not your will, take it out. But if this is your will, then I know that I have the strength to endure whatever you've had me to do. And so the faith and being able to know if I'm where God wants me to be is I have to check my heart and I have to know and say, God, you know, you may, like you've said so many times, give me the desire to want your will. Give Mm -hmm. me a desire, the strength to surrender everything, like open hand to God. But if we come to that point and we are in that place where, God, I want you above and I want you more than anything else, then no matter what circumstances you may see you're, you're in, you can have the faith that God is with you, God has strengthened you to do it, and God has allowed you. I was just talking about this about 10 minutes ago that God has allowed you to be in that place to feather your call, mm-hmm. to feather God's call in life. He's teaching you more about Him, and He's allowing you to be in a situation that will strengthen the call that He has on His life. Paul knew his calling. He knew that he was to call and talk and preach to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So he knew that he was in that Roman prison and that God was using it. He wasn't trying to get out. Never once do we really see Paul saying, God, get me out of this jail. Paul always looked at his circumstances and knew it was from God. Yeah, and I, I, I looked up because I did because I had referenced a verse in Corinthians and I wanted to be sure mm-hmm. that I was Clear. right about it. So I, I looked it up and it's I was actually wrong on the reference, which I'm always wrong about the reference. <laughs> but <laughs> but the reference is it's second Corinthians five, six, and it well, I'm going to read a couple of verses. The actual okay. thing is 5-7. But I feel like in context, it does apply to this because the verse I was referencing, 5-7, says, where we walk by faith, not by sight. But the whole context of what he's talking about is kind of what you're saying is the eternal perspective. Because it mm-hmm. says in 5-6, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are a home in the body, which is here on earth, we are away from the Lord in terms of because the Lord is in heaven and we are on earth. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. And I actually wrote in the margin um, that we please by faith. And I know it says somewhere, you know, in the New Testament that it is impossible to please Him without faith. And I think that is kind of in part of what you're talking about is it's almost like Moses was walking the line of mm-hmm. pleasing the Lord, of mm-hmm. like, of pleasing or not pleasing the Lord by faith. Like he was saying like, hey, like almost like, let's just double check. Like he's not saying God did not, no, you he know, did not say, say not that we could take it or, yeah. yeah, and it does, but it's, it is like, like I said, walking the line. 
And I do think that it is encouraging. This is why I like Moses and David, you know, because I feel like they are so real and a lot, so many people in the, in the Bible, but them two in particular that I personally like is they are so real because you do see these moments. Like it's okay to have these moments of like, God, you know, are we? And I think I may, I may be wrong, but I feel like the Lord probably didn't come down on Moses for doing that because at the end of the day, he still believed that God gave him the land. He believed they were going to take it over. You know, like, yes, he had a moment where he may have been like, okay, let's just double check that Mm -hmm. this is what God said. But it's almost like he didn't breach the faith entirely. And I think that maybe Mm -hmm. even be where Jesus says, having faith of a mustard seed, you know, like you, you Mm -hmm. don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have this like grand, but it's like, but you still having faith of like, not by what we see. And I think this in second mm-hmm. Corinthians, Paul is talking about, you know, the eternal eternity right, and yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And here on earth, like how our life here on earth is not what we see. Like our faith is in something we can't see. It's in God. We cannot see him. He's in heaven. We are a part and we please him by faith. Like that is our aim. And yeah, and I, I agree. And I think that going back to Moses, whether he did the line, you know, and you mentioned, about the mustard seed. And I do believe that, you know, guys, is, if you had faith, as a mustard seed. And I think we're so con- concentrating more on the size of our faith versus the size of our God. And I think yes. that it's a small, Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> it's not the size of our faith. It's the size of our God. And I, and I do think that that's the problem. I think that we don't have a faith issue. Right. Right. Because you've said we, that. All, we, all, yeah. Yeah, we all have faith in something. So we don't have a faith issue. We don't have a lack of faith issue. We have a lack of ability in the well, to wrong see how view big of God. God. Yeah. And to yeah. see how big God is and to see mm-hmm. like, okay, like this land is filled with these huge, you know, people that like, how can we even overtake them? And they weren't looking at like, oh, wait, but God did call us to go into this land. Like he is going you know, just to make had, a way. Yeah. I just had this thought. If I had, if I bought you a gift and you don't, you don't like, you, you can't wait. You, or you love gifts. I love but, gifts. You know, like, but you don't want to wait to open them up. You know, you're like, you know, let me open it. Not now. very patient. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but if I said to you, I'm like, here, I got you this gift. And it's a beautiful watch. Oh, you it's, told me what it is. You know, okay. Yeah. So I tell you what it is. And there's a difference in you going, but I want to see if it's a beautiful watch versus I want to see the beautiful watch. And so I think that's the difference. I think that God said, I want you to send spies and I want you to go see the land that I'm giving you because you're, you're not going to believe it. It's, it's amazing versus go over and then Moses like, go over there and see if it is in there, if it's really what he says it is. It would be the same as saying, you looking at the box and go, well, I want to know if it's, I really want to know if there's a watch in there versus I want to go and see how beautiful the watch is. I know the yeah. watch is in there because you said it was in there, but I'm testing you, I'm testing your word. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that when we get faced with our own, battles, when we get faced with our own giants, when we get faced with insecurities, you know, things that challenges our faith. Yeah, hardships. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an opportunity. That's why I brought in Paul at the very end. It's an opportunity to say, God, this is an opportunity for me to trust you. 
And as we said before, Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. So you, you know, then you pray and you say, God, give me the faith to trust you, to believe that what you say is true. And I think one of the things that we struggle the most with is that we don't believe that God always gives what is best to his children. So when some things happen and th- some things come in our lives and we don't see it as good, or yeah, we see it we, as good and it's not good, and, and God removes it, we're immediately thinking God's trying to punish us or try, to, trying to teach us a lesson mm-hmm. versus, oh, wait a minute, let me step back here. And the reason that this has not happened in my life, the reason that whatever I thought was good has left, instead of looking at it and going, well, it must have not been good. Because yeah. God doesn't withhold what is best for me. So if he left, then it wasn't good. And I think that that's where, like even with Paul saying, don't don't look at this imprisonment as something bad, because I'm yeah. seeing it in a whole different perspective. Yeah, and I I have a thought on that, is I think it's the scenarios where there's a death involved. And I think I have like two thoughts on that too, like with whatever happens, like it is good and all that. And it's like either that person that maybe God took home, like it is better that we're in heaven and not on earth and may not. And God could carry the people who are left here that, you know, the loved ones, God can, God is big enough to comfort us in that type of grief. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully one day you will see them again. And then I, but then I also think that, I, I think there are situations where it is definitely easier to see like, okay, God took this thing, this person or a situation, I don't know, whatever, the circumstance away out of my life. And I can I can see that it was for the best. And mm-hmm. like sometimes it's easier to see that. And there are other times where it's like we may not even see on this side of heaven mm-hmm. why that was that's best. Right. Because, and I think that's something where, I, I'm thinking of, this is so random that this came to my head, but I'm thinking of this man who, I don't even remember his name, and you're going to know it as soon as I get to the story, but the man who died in a car wreck on Thanksgiving that led to my dad's salvation. Mm-hmm. That man, was it was on Thanksgiving, right? I feel like it was a yeah. holiday. Yeah. like uh-huh. So he had to, he ran to the office and he died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was someone that all no, he continued. just had a heart attack on the side. Oh, he of had the a road. heart attack. Oh, okay, yeah. I feel like I was on the road. Is yeah, that what? Yeah, it, he definitely pulled over and, and died. Okay, and then he had a heart attack. Yeah, and this man had invited dad to church many times. My dad didn't go. He wasn't a believer. Um, my dad wasn't a believer at the time, and but then when he passed, like God used him passing, which obviously was devastating to his family, and it was a yeah, you know, they didn't know. Like when he left to go by the office, you know, I'm sure he would not, come you know, back. his family, yeah, his family thought that he was going to come right back and like the devastation around that loss. But, and they, his family may not even know that when he died, like God used that to bring my dad to salvation. And because that was just something that the, that the Lord used in dad's life to, you know, cause God, cause dad felt like God mm-hmm. used use that like I don't know how dad dad says it and you can yeah tell you can can say that but yeah I was just before you tell that I was just thinking of that scenario and like sometimes we don't know what heartache God is going to use in either your life or someone else's life and 
not that, I mean, I can't, you know, if dad not being a believer, like all the lives that my dad has impacted, um, including, you know, just even our, as three kids and yours, just like, there's like that eternal perspective. of I think that going back to what Paul's saying in Corinthians of like, we walk by faith and not by sight. Like we can't see sometimes how God is good on this side of heaven. But or how he's going to use this good. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I'll tell you the story and the fact that this man was a Sunday school teacher and, and, and when Howard and I would go to church, Howard, uh, would go, he told me he'd go on Sunday morning. He wouldn't go Sunday night, which is funny because now he goes all the time. But he, you know, he said, I'll go Sunday morning with you, but I won't go Sunday night. And he wasn't a believer. And this Sunday school teacher would always, you know, say, Now, Howard, you know, I'm really praying that you'll come to know God. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And so, unknown to this man, Howard had come to know the Lord. And Howard was embarrassed to tell him. That he had oh, been okay, so I got it a little backwards. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but same principle in the fact uh, what you said. But and so Howard goes to a Billy Graham crusade and he accepts Christ and he doesn't tell him back because he's embarrassed to tell this man, hey, by the way, I'm a Christian because he just didn't know. And the guy kept saying, Howard, I'm going to can't wait till you see, you know, come. I can't wait to see you come down and and give your life to, to the Lord. Well, unknown to this man, he was had come to know the Lord. And and so then when the man died, Howard said, I never told him. And and this sh- this embarrassment of, you know, feeling prideful, because Howard didn't want to go down to the whole church. And, be, you know, a lot of people like, an like altar I don't want to go be baptized. Yeah. yeah. And so, he, and, but the guy would always say, you know, I hope to, I know that I'm praying for you. So when he died, Howard knew that God was like, you know, this man never really saw him come to know the Lord. He'll see him in heaven. But it, it struck Howard so much that he went down, gave his life, told, told everybody they'd given his life and was baptized. And it was a real turning point. It was a humbling turning point in Howard's life of being able to say, I need to tell people that I yeah. have Jesus. Like and, if he, so, if, yeah, if God, if that hadn't have happened with that man on that Thanksgiving day, Dad wouldn't be the man that he is today. No, no. And so, as you were saying, we just never know what eternal uh, impact that we're going to do, what we're going through, because so often one of the things that we get so discouraged about is that we don't see any meaning or purpose behind what we're going through. We don't know what God's doing. I mean, it takes faith in the heart of God to say, God wouldn't allow me to be in this situation and go through these heartaches if there wasn't a higher purpose. And so I think that our faith holds us close to God, because it says without faith it's impossible to please Him. And our faith is what uh, gives us a desire to obey Him and to trust Him. And it is our faith in Him, in the heart of God and who we are. And as I said earlier, it's not a faith issue we have. It is a view of God and who He is. And so when we began to know the heart of God and know that God's not trying to make our lives miserable, He came to give us life. God's not trying to make us just suffer so we'll get to know Him. God wants us to know that we have the power within us that He's given to us to endure. So I think that as I was looking at Moses, it, it did not end well for those spies. They came back, and they didn't get to go in the promised land, and neither did Moses. The next generation came in and, got, and went into the promised land. But I do feel that there's this issue of sometimes 
that we think that we're exercising faith when we're actually trying to put God to the test to say, God, I want you to prove to me that you're trustworthy. I want you to prove to me that you love me, which the cross is all of that. But I want you on a daily basis, prove to me that what I'm going through is something that you've told me that I was going to go through and that what's best. Mm-hmm. And when I think too, like I having a heart, faith. it's like the heart posture is what I think matters. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think we can have, like God gives us grace when we're like, help me and like, I want to see you versus like, you owe me kind of like you, not necessarily you owe me, but like an entitlement of like, show me who you are, like with your fist mm-hmm. up versus like. Or saying, uh, I'm not going to trust you unless I, unless you prove to me you're trustworthy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like a difference too, is like, of course we can ask the Lord to like help us or to show himself mm-hmm. to us and all of that. But yeah, God is. He's God, so he doesn't have to show us or do anything for us, but he does. <laughs> but he already has. And, right. and, you know, we've heard this so many times. If you wonder if God loves you, look at the cross. If you wonder if God wanted to punish you, look at the cross. He's, you know, If he wanted to punish us, you. he wouldn't have come to die for us. Right. It, we would be on that mm-hmm. cross. We would have to die right. for us. And so anyway, I think that basically, you know, sum up what we've been talking about is that sometimes circumstances, people around us, things that we're facing has a potential to shake our faith, to sometimes degrade or belittle our faith, cause us to lose faith. We think that sometimes, I believe this, that there are people around us that if they don't have faith, we tend to sometimes have our own struggles with faith. And I think it's just looking into the scripture and looking at the heart of God and saying, God, I'm asking you to strengthen my faith. And I think God is saying, if you know me, if you get to know me, your faith will be strengthened because you'll know who I am. And I think we're so concentrated on the faith versus really understanding and getting to know who God is. And I think it's really a slap in God's face, knowing that all that God has done for us that when something goes wrong, we're like all of a sudden, he's you know. Yeah. God, well, I think where it's a perspective you? shift of like don't mm-hmm. look, don't focus on your faith, focus on God, and then your faith will grow yeah. out as you are focusing on the Lord. Yeah, and don't focus on your circumstances or the challenges that you're facing, because God can take care of that as well, because he he's the only one that can, and that's who we put our faith in. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.